Hi, am I on the air? Yep. Fuck. Thanks. I've been in the danger zone. <laughs> we got a bad My five stars. Yeah, Mongo. Huh? Yeah, my five. We got for you that. Well, what is going down, everybody? Welcome to another brand new Am I Still on the Air? And you know by now, Am I Still on the Air is going to be your place to hear spoiler-filled reviews. So there's your warning. These are spoiler-filled reviews. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, I recommend you come back and listen to the show after you've seen the movie. Or if you don't care about spoilers, then go ahead and sit back and relax and check it out. Because um, I know there's actually a good handful of people I know that listen to the show that listen to these spoiler reviews and haven't seen the movies yet and actually decide whether they want to see it or not based on the spoiler reviews. So that is cool as well. I just want to make sure that you understand this is spoiler-filled. If you want to hear a spoiler-free version of this review, just listen to the latest edition of Am I on the Air. The latest episode is called Apes on Horses, and you can hear the spoiler-free review. But tonight, it's all about Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and this is the spoiler-filled review of that on Am I Still on the Air. My name is Don Mega, I am your host, and I am joined once again uh, by my spoiler crew over here, Geeky Pat, and for my peoples, Sean Peoples over on Twitter as well. So both guys back in the house, seen the movie, ready to talk about it. How you guys doing? Geek Nation in the house. I'm doing great, actually. Thanks for having me on, Don. I appreciate you always inviting me back to these things. Yeah, man. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Doing awesome. I am ready to talk monkey. Oh, yeah. Um Technically, we shouldn't have uh, four my peoples on this show since he stood us up when we went and watched the movie on Friday <laughs> night. So I am calling him out publicly right now. Um, you know, me and Geeky Pat, we went. He showed up at least, and uh, <laughs> you know, we uh, you know had plans with Mister Peeps over here, and then he uh, no called, no showed. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I drove four hours and yeah, still came to that. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, it was like in Phoenix. I don't know. I, that's, Phoenix was too far for me. That's that's what the direction said. Maybe Don just gave me wrong directions. I don't right, know. Right, right, right. You know, we're we're sitting there. The movie's about to start. I'm like, I don't think he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I really don't think he's coming. And yeah, I know. CPT isn't that bad. It was just, you know, I don't know. Google that. So uh, so, what happened to you, peeps? <laughs> oh, okay. So it's going to be this. <laughs> no, see, see what happened. See what is, happened was I was at a family barbecue. <laughs> no, I was at. All right, so it was my son's birthday, and um, yeah. I don't understand. It was my son. I, 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 I the movie. I don't see how that's an excuse. <laughs> I was going to bring him to the movie, and then I was in the front, and they were like, "Nah." You know, we can't do this. You you can't. You got to turn. And I got mad and I flipped the table. And it, it was it was crazy, man. I just it was it was a crazy moment. And I I'll be there next time, Don. I, I'll be there for Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> you can count on that. Though the baby might be here, I don't doubt it. Well, the next big IMAX movie is definitely going to be Hercules. So we got to line that one up. 
Yeah, yeah, I want to see that one. Um, so, yeah, so Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, uh, we saw it opening weekend, and um, very excited to talk about it. This movie was badass. Um Loved it, loved it, loved it. And, you know, I was a very big fan of the original film, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, came out a couple years ago, James Franco. Um, You know, that was a movie that was a big surprise hit for me over the summertime. You know, that summer it came out, I think, I think the movie might have opened in August. And, you know, usually there's not too many big movies in the August time frame. And, um... I remember seeing the preview and being like, okay, that looks pretty cool, um, but not really expecting too much out of it. And Rise came out and just blew my mind. <laughs> I was so impressed by the film. Immediately felt like a connection to the CG ape. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, this is insane. And, um, you know, the great Andy Circus uh, did the motion capture for Caesar. Uh, Caesar, of course, is the ape that is the you know the main ape of the storyline uh, in the first film that James Franco, uh, you know, they're running tests on these apes and it's making them super intelligent. And um, Caesar is born um, with the intelligence already enhanced because he's born. Uh, his mother was one of the apes that was being experimented on, and they all end up getting killed. And um, they find the baby in the cage. And they, James Franco takes him home, and the movie kind of time jumps, you know, several years, and you see Caesar grow up, and he's he's a great, you know, fun-loving ape, and uh, he ends up getting in a little bit of trouble. Uh, James Franco's dad, um, he uh, is getting into a fight with the neighbor, and and Caesar comes to the rescue and basically beats the neighbor down, uh, being protective, you know, of, of his guy, and you know, so he ends up going into a shelter and he gets kind of abused in there, and he has to deal with the other apes, and uh, and that kind of leads the transition uh, into the apes over humans. Uh, you know, Caesar kind of enhances a lot of them. He steals some of the drug from the um, laboratory. He, you know opens it up in the cages and gets all the other apes, you know, enhanced like he is. And, um, basically a big war breaks out. The monkeys retreat into the woods. And then you hear and you see about this simian flu breakout. And, um, this flu starts to kill off a lot of the population. And so the new movie, Dawn, takes place 10 years in the future and, you know, it's 10 years after the simian flu has broken out. Most of the human population has actually passed away. Uh, but there's, you know, there's several survivors that are basically immune to the flu. And they are trying to rebuild. But the apes are up in the woods and, and they kind of have their own community. They haven't even seen humans in, in 10 years. And uh, they're, of course, led by Caesar, who has, you know, now got, you know, two kids and a wife. And, you know, you see a lot of the other monkeys from the previous films, uh, like Koba, and um, you see Rocket and Maurice. You know, those are several of the uh, Ash, uh, some of the apes from the first film that you see them all kind of come back. And um, it's really cool to see kind of the dynamic between all of the apes. And... uh, a crew of humans led by Jason Clark. He takes, uh, they're going through the woods. Or there's a dam up in the woods and they want to, you know, they want to work on it uh, to help restore power to the section that they're living in. And um, 
this asshole dude, I don't even know who the, who the actor was, um, but uh, this asshole guy ends up shooting one of the apes, and therefore Caesar and all the other apes come flying down and, and tell them to leave. Uh, and, you know, Caesar, of course, speaks this. He says, go! And, uh, you know, so, so they all leave, and Jason Clark is talking with uh, Gary Oldman in the movie and basically tells him, you know, like, like we found the dam, and it, it could be the salvation that we need, but the apes are up there, and they don't want us up there anymore. And, you know, it kind of becomes this whole, like, you know, should we go, but the apes don't want us there. And Jason Clark actually goes up into the woods and he says, you know, he wants to go talk to Caesar and he speaks to him and he says, I know you said to go. And a really cool scene too of Caesar coming to the, with all the apes coming down into the city and basically speaking and telling them, you stay away and we'll leave you alone. You know, and like you, you go and we'll stay and, and it is what it is. Don't ever come back. And, so they leave, and then Jason Clark goes and says, "I know you told us to leave, but please, we, you know, we really want to work on this dam, and we need your help, and you know, can we get your permission?" And and Caesar, you know, who doesn't hate the humans because he grew up with James, with the James Franco character, and he understands that there's, you know, good to the humans. Uh, Caesar says, "Okay, we'll give you three days," and. Koba, uh, of course, does not appreciate this, and Koba's trying to tell him, no, you can't trust them, you can't trust the humans, look what they did to us, they experimented on us, they're, you know, they're assholes, basically, and Caesar says, no, you know, we, we need to trust the humans, we'll let them do it, and then they'll leave us alone, you know, if we give them what they want, they'll get their power, and then they'll leave us alone, but Koba doesn't understand this, and he thinks, no, this is only going to make them stronger, and, you know, so... Uh, he reluctantly, you know, they let the people come in, they, get to, they go to work on it. Really cool little scene with a uh, little baby ape work, you know, hanging out with Carrie Russell. And then she jumps, the little baby ape jumps into the bucket uh, of, of the asshole guy and finds his gun, which Caesar's big, you know, one condition was no weapons. And so he gets super pissed because, you know, his child's life is put on the line and then they don't trust everybody. And is, you know, you go now, the deal's off the table and so forth. And, uh, you know, all hell starts to break loose as Gary Oldman's character saying, no, we got, you know, we got to do what we got to do. Why don't you work on the armory and let's get the weapons ready to go. And we're going to force our ways to, you know, to get the dam up and running. But Jason's Jason Clark's character is, you know, doesn't want to do that. He goes back and he risks his life to talk to, you know, Caesar again. And, uh, luckily for him, Carrie Russell is, is figures out that Caesar's wife is sick and she wants to help. And it kind of buys them another day to go work on the dam. Koba, uh, in the meantime, doesn't trust. Goes and finds the, uh, the the armory and sees them working on all the weapons, and you know, and sets up this whole big scam of he he basically assassinates Caesar and then blames it on the humans and says, you know, oh, the humans shot Caesar and they killed him, and even tricks Caesar's son. Um, his name is what bright eyes or blue blue eyes. blue eyes yeah blue eyes and says you know you're like look they killed your dad and now you know like like down with the humans you know we have to take them out in the name of caesar and you know so basically this war starts because of coba kind of manipulating everybody um you know and that's where you see a lot of the the apes on horses and all the machine guns and, and all the fighting and everything a really really cool scene um of course, Caesar is not dead, and you know uh, Jason Clark and Carrie Russell find him on the side of the road, basically half dead, and they take him back uh, actually to the James Franco house, and 
get him patched up and get him good to go, let him rest for a couple of days. Uh, really cool scene of Caesar kind of picking up the videotape up in the attic and watching a scene from the first movie of him as a baby with James Franco learning, you know, different languages and stuff. And uh, that was that was really cool. I like that flashback to it, you know, bring, bringing in the James Franco character again. And um, so then basically this war breaks out and Caesar needs to go regulate against Koba because now koba has gone crazy and this motherfucker went nuts. I mean, it, there's a scene in there where, uh, you know, Ash stands up for himself and, and says, you know, like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, Caesar would not have approved of this. And and Koba's like, oh, okay, cool, cool, no problem. And then just, like, grabs him by the head, drags him up the stairs, and then just literally picks him up and throws him off the fucking balcony. I was like, holy shit. Uh, it, was, it was a crazy-ass scene. And then he's pretty much like, anybody else got something to say? <laughs> Nobody else wanted to do nothing. Uh, you know, Koba in this movie is not the same character that he was in the first. He's actually played by uh, Toby Kebbell in... Um, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Toby Kebbell actually going to be the new Victor Von Doom in um, the new Fantastic Four reboot. He um, he was in um, Clash of the Titans. He was in The Counselor. He was uh, in Wrath of the Titans, I should say, not Clash. Uh, he was in War Horse and... Um, you know, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, he was in Prince of Persia, so he's got a handful of movies to his name, great motion capture stuff, I mean, everybody talks about Andy Serkis, but Toby Kebbell did an amazing job as Koba, um, I'm actually quite curious to know what the hell happened with the original guy that did Koba in the first movie and why they switched it, but, um, because, uh, Koba was in the original film, um, so, you know, the whole war breaks out, and, and Caesar and Koba get into it, and they beat, beat each other down, and, um, pretty much take out Koba. It, lo- it looks like Koba's dead, but I know Sean thinks he's alive and might be returning, and uh, we'll let him talk about that here in a second, but um, pretty much, at this point, they're saying, you know, it's a little bit too late, uh, the war is about to begin, because the humans have already radioed in, saying, you know, that the apes are, un- that they're under attack from the apes, and uh, I read the original alternate ending of the film was actually showing like the military ships showing up in the in the dock and in the harbor and everything to kind of you know show that next step but they ended up taking that out um you know because i the director said he didn't want to be pigeonholed to that for the third movie so he kind of held back but um that was the original ending was to show like all the all the warships showing up um you know great ending with caesar and jason clark kind of bonding and going over you know like you know thank you for everything you've done Uh, we you know we trust the humans and the humans trust us and you know and now we need to prepare for war and it gets me super super stoked for part three which uh, which i believe will be war of the planet of the apes i'm pretty sure that's going to end up being the title for that and um i mean i just i love this film uh, just the, the acting was superb. I thought Andy Serkis was on a whole nother level as Caesar in this film. Caesar has definitely turned out to be one of my favorite uh, CG type characters that have ever been done. Um, he's such a cool character, man. I love it, and it made me feel bad. I'm watching this movie and I'm rooting for the apes the entire time. I'm like, what kind of human being does this make me that I'm like exactly. down down with the humans? It's it's all about the apes, you know, ape family, you know, uh, you know. It just it, it, it's crazy the effect that these movies have on you because I had the same exact effect on Rise of the Planet of the Apes that I did on Dawn. So, 
Um, you know, that's the gist of the storyline aspect of it. And then we'll kind of talk about, um, our pros and our cons and, and you know, what we liked and didn't like and, and, uh, some highlights for us. So, um, start off with you, Sean, like kind of like run down, like, what did you think? And, uh, what were some of the, you know, your big highlights and what were some of the, your cons about it? Well, I mean, you know, going into this, I, you know, the, the, we had seen, we had seen the other movies, um, you know, the Transformers and X-Men in the theaters, and I'm watching trailers to this film, and I, at this point, I still have not seen the original, the, the rise of the Planet of the Apes, and I was telling you and Pat and pretty much everybody, like, I, I haven't seen this movie. After the Marky Mark film, I, I haven't really been too enthusiastic about any kind of Planet of the Apes. And I think you also kind of mentioned the original um, original Planet of the Apes. You weren't too much of a fan of it. And, I mean, I wasn't either. I mean, maybe it was just because it wasn't my... Um, I, I didn't grow up with it. I didn't see it in the theater. Like, it, they didn't look real to me. And the, the I, just, I just didn't like anything about the first... The, the original, original Planet of the Apes. You get your paws off me, you damn dirty ape! But um, great scene. What are you talking about? Great scene, but I kind of the only thing I really remember about the about the movie. Now, so so okay, so I, I, I know I needed to see the um, the rise. So I I rented it, and literally the day before I saw the movie, I watched the rise, and just r- watching Rise, it. I mean, it, it paid such an homage to the original. Like li- like they had even named the first. Um, ape with the that was injected, or uh, the, the the mom, Caesar's mom. Her name was Bright Eyes. That was the same name that they gave Charlton Heston when he was in captivity. Bright Eyes. I thought that was cool. Um, and then you, I guess, at one point you had seen the uh, rocket ship take off, and all the the Lazarus or whatever it was name is is on its, um, you know, is going off on its journey. Good luck to them. And I'm like, oh my god, that's Charlton Heston's in that ship. There's the, shit's about to go down, you know, and so, the original Planet of the Apes, the, the Rise, I, 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 I liked that they told the story so well, and there, there hardly was any script, there hardly was any words that were used, like, I, I could just imagine what the script looked like, like, you know, uh, camera pans into Caesar's face, Caesar looks really angry, Caesar walks around the, the cave, you know, it's like, there was, there was hardly any dialogue, and, I, I, I like that a lot. They, they told the story so well without, like, actual w- actors, um, you know, um, like, speaking, having, having actual speaking roles. And, Don, I, I now understand what you were saying when you said Andy Serkis deserved an Oscar for that role because, like, he told the story without talking. He told the entire, with really just signing to Maurice, but other than that, like, you felt everything of Caesar, you know, uh, without him actually speaking one word, and it was just, it was so good. I I loved the first movie so much, so going, so that, you know, I'm like, oh my god, this next movie has to be great, and I was, I was so pleased with the, with the, where, where they had went with the second movie. I mean, they, I know that, you know, at the end of the first movie, the virus had spread, and after the virus spreads, you know, there's not going to be that many people. Um, but, I mean, you know, obviously, off of the trailer, you know, there are some people. So, you know, stuff's about to go down. So I, I think they do a very good job at, at creating conflict. 
you also mentioned that there's no bad guy in this. You know, there's no, you know, guy with an eye patch standing on top of, uh, I mean, I guess really other than Koba, but, you know, standing on top of, uh, you know, a mountain saying, we're going to kill them all and, you know, for to conquer the world. Like, Koba wanted revenge. That was, and, and it was well-deserved revenge. And Gary Oldman just wanted to survive. And they, it just sucks that both of these entities are, you know, I guess just in the same world they like they just both cannot coexist with each other and that by itself it, it created a great conflict it created a good story and I mean Don you said that you sided with the apes more I mean I, I definitely sided with the apes more and I wish that they would have given me more of a reason to kind of side with the humans like show a little bit of struggle like they were talking about how once the power goes out things are going to go bad it I mean I I, I just couldn't they did, I wasn't as convinced that things are going to go as drastic and, and as bad as they were um, just based off of what he said. He said things are going to go bad, so I have to believe it. But looking at the people, they didn't look like they were like starving and things were like really bad for them. They just looked like you know, I, it looked okay. So I wish that they would have did a little bit more with that. And you know, I'll, I'll definitely let you know Pat take over soon. But I just also want to you know bounce off of what um, Don had said. Um, I definitely think Koba's alive, and that's my own fault. I mean, I still think that um, Jack Nicholson's Joker and Danny DeVito's Penguin is still alive. Like, all Danny DeVito said is that I need a cold drink of ice water, and the Penguin put him in the water, and he had some, he had a drink, so he's alive now. So, I don't know, that's probably my own... uh, I just I just want Koba to be alive. I think that would be great for him to pop up somewhere in the in the sequel, but obviously the tension's gonna be the apes and the humans. You know, there's not there's just so you know, Koba really wouldn't fit into that very well, but I just think it would be great. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I talked about it on my newest episode of Am I on the Air, uh in the spoiler free review. Uh, about that whole fact of there's not really a good guy or bad guy, and and that's something that's very unique in this day and age in the movie theater, you know, uh, experience. Because you know every film, even the most basic of films, always have some kind of evil bad guy. And yeah, I mean, Koba was the extent of that in this film, but at the same token, you have to kind of understand where Koba was coming from because Koba understood that the humans. You know, the only humans he really interacted with were the ones that experimented on him and treated him like shit. So he doesn't have that love for humans like Caesar does because Caesar was treated like family. He was treated like, you know, one of them. And so he so he understands a totally different side of humans that Koba doesn't. So you, so you can't blame Koba for what he's thinking because Koba's thinking, you know, ape protect ape, you know, and and he's trying to do what he thinks is right. And like you said, you know, in the trailers, you were led to kind of believe Gary Oldman was going to be the big bad guy. And he was going to say, let's kill all these damn monkeys, you know. And it really wasn't that at all. It was just like, hey, you know, I lost my family and and we built this community and we need that dam. And we need to be able to get our water going and, and our electricity and everything. So it wasn't really about that. It was just he he wanted it to be better for them. And, you know, and I like that, you know, it was both sides. And I think that that's another reason why Koba won't return in the third one, because the third one's really going to be the war of the apes and the humans. And they don't need that interaction of ape against ape and ape against humans all tied up into it. So, 
Um, nope. You know, and I think they did a pretty good job killing off Koba because it was like he fell, he hit the chain, the yeah. chain wrapped around him, it slammed him into another pillar, and then that pillar crashed and fell down another fifty feet. So it was like they were pretty clear on his death. I didn't see a body, so I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they exactly. did that for the Shans of the world, exactly. You know, like even though his body was smashed like three times, but he might still be alive down that hole. But um, hey. He's been through a lot, so you know yeah, you never know. A lot, you know. Koba was a pivotal character too in the movie because you had to have the antagonist to the to the to the humans because Caesar really wasn't that. He was smart enough to understand that there had to be some kind of peaceful coexistence if this was going to work without a war, and and you had to have something kick it off. And so Koba was that. And I don't think Koba was any less loyal. To Caesar till right up to the end. I mean, like there was that scene with the bear, remember? And he, it was such a cool scene. And that bear's about to kill him, and he dives out and kills the bear because he because Caesar yells for Koba. Uh, he was willing to die for Caesar. I think in the end, though, he felt like because the whole monkey or ape, whatever you want to call him, their whole society is kind of like because his name is Caesar is kind of based on the Roman thing, and you can see where that was playing within the politics of the apes. You know, we this he's soft, and I need to take him down for the protection of the apes. So even Koba wasn't really a bad guy either, but we needed that antagonist, you know, that was going to kick off this whole thing. And Koba played that role perfectly, I think. Yeah, and I also think Koba's role, you know, it, it was it was exactly what you had said, Pat, but it really. You know, uh, as us as the audience, you know we're there. We're rooting for the the apes, but it gives us that moment and Caesar that same exact moment where it's like the apes are no better than the humans, and 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 to me that was like oh, they always you know it's always like you know you watch Avatar and you see the Navi and everybody wants, you know likes the Navi and the Navi are so much better than the humans and in, in all ways, but in this it, it really shows that you know like. There's so much like humans in every way, obviously, except for the virus, but it, it, like what had happened to the humans could still potentially happen to the apes because, again, they're, they're, they've only been a society for, I assume, maybe like 10 or 15 years or something, but um, and they're already kind of leaning toward that route that the humans had. So I, I thought that was a very interesting element that they added to it. Yeah, the, these movies are not just big summer blockbuster movies, but they actually have a lot of thought behind them, and they're they're well written and well acted films at the same token, which is kind of a mixed bag. It's it's hard to get all of that into one film, and, and I think that the this new reboot version of Planet of the Apes is really killing it. You know, it's it's nailing it. Um, like like Sean said at the beginning, like I'm not a fan of the original series, and you know, I I kind of like the Mark Wahlberg reboot, like, when it came out, but man, I saw that shit recently, and it's horrible, <laughs> and, you know, Yikes. it's just, like, it's so bad, and, you know, like, it's just, I don't, I don't think we can get that, like, that just doesn't work in this day and age, you know, like, that whole, like, with the way the apes were, and, and acted and everything in those films, like, the way that they're done now, it just makes more sense. You know, and, and it just, it's so, so good. So, Pat, you know, it's your turn. Go ahead. Give us a rundown, man. What what was your thoughts coming out of this film? Well, unlike you two, I loved the 1968 Planet of the Apes. I watched it with my dad. It was super awesome then. 
watched it now, it's kind of rough to watch. And I think if they could do the CGI that they had now, they would have done CGI, you know. Um, but I'm a Star Trek fan, and you know that they had horrible masks and that, and I still love that stuff. So I think the 1968 movie was great. It was a shocker to me. I couldn't imagine apes running this place, and we were slaves. It was just this, this wonderfully uh, orchestrated uh, sci-fi that when I was a kid. It was just this... I was like, I don't know, 9 or 10 when I watched it. It was just hard. It was just so shocking to me. And then I got excited when they came out with the uh, Planet of the Apes, I think it was 2000, 2001, right, with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, and, yeah and I watched it, and even then I was kind of like, Ugh, I don't like this as much, you know. And so, like I was telling you, I actually never went and watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes up until this movie came out. And you tell me how good it was, and I was actually going to run it after you told me that, and I kind of forgot. So then when you, I just got back from camp, and see, Sean, I was at camp forever, and I drove four hours and still made it to the movie. But, uh, so, uh, uh, I, uh... <laughs> Unlike a man who is not for his peoples. <laughs> I'll just give you a hard time. I love you, brother. Anyway, so, uh, you. uh, the, the, what, what, when, when this movie came out and I saw the previews, I was excited about it. So, you know, I rented it on my Xbox, and I watched The Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And it was sh- shockingly gr- good for what it was. I expected more of the 2001 kind of apes and not what I got. But I think this was probably the best of all of it. I mean, like, I could see where they were going to go with it. And then you and me talked about this, I think, in during the Transformers. This is not a real monkey. This isn't a real person on the screen it's nothing there. I mean, you're looking at James Franco talk to nothing, and that's that, actually not true. You're watching, yeah, isn't he standing watching, in there motion you're capture? Watching him in front of Andy Circus, man. Well, I don't all Andy Circus. Even even so, the monkey isn't there. So I'm getting at he's CGI, <laughs> but he's believable to me. I forget that he's CGI. I mean, he looks plausible. They suspend my my disbelief, and I, and I found myself caring so much about what happened to him as a character, and I told you this today, that I think he's probably one of the greatest characters in movie fiction that I've attached to maybe the last three or four years, you know? I, I can't think of anybody who I... I felt bad. The scene when I told you in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, when he was coming, he bribed that guy to get him out, and he just closes the door on him and turns his back, and you can see the pain in Caesar's face when he did it. And it killed me. I don't know why. It just killed me. Oh, yeah, me. it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and then in this movie, Caesar was this, this grown-up leader kind of guy now, and and he built this society, and these apes were, like, you know, submissive to him, and you could see where the Planet of Apes I fell in love with as a kid shined in this movie without it being kind of the lame outfits and masks. Does that make sense? So, like, when they're on the horses, I was like, oh, you know. It, it, the scene when they ride up to the, to the, to the uh, gates, remember that, of the city? And they're like, we don't want war, but we will go to war. Don't ever come back kind of thing. Um, that was... That was sweet to me. It was awesome. I just I, it it, remi- it brought me back to that nine year old kid who thought, yeah, this this is a cool concept, you know. Again, I I think all the characters, even Kirk uh, Acevedo, who was in Band of Brothers, was the jerk that you were talking about. Uh, that's how I know him. Until in the movie, I've seen him in his Band of Brothers. He was the guy that brought the weapon in. I mean, I hated his character in the movie. He just was just 
jerk. But I understood why he was a jerk. And he was a great actor because I hated, I hated him. I wanted him. I wanted him to die. Matter of fact, that was one of the times where I'm an awful human being like you. I liked it when Cobra killed him. <laughs> right? Um, everybody in the movie. It was, it was great. Um, I, I think ultimately, out of all the, the two movies, this is probably... I really liked Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and there's a part of it that's going to be my like just the development of Caesar is kind of my favorite of it all. But I really like the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes because it shows that next step. So there wasn't even Maurice. Like Maurice, for me, I thought he was going to die in the movie, and it was killing me because Maurice started off as that circus monkey, or, or was he the circus, or he was in a. Circus. Circus, yeah, in the first one. And he was, like, very smart before they even gave him the gas. So, like, he was just, like, kind of likable character even then. I mean, these are monkeys I'm talking about, of course, but he's a likable character, you know? And I was attached to them. I wasn't so attached to the humans. I don't know if it's because they just introduced them and I was already attached to some of these characters from the first Rise of the Apes. I won't call it the original like you guys because the planet of the Ape 1968 is the original of me. But, uh... All the characters, even when the way Caesar interacts... It seemed like they tried. They they really tried to get you to care, but I just could I'm with you there. Yeah, I mean, they weren't they were unlikable. They just they you were you were you were on board for Caesar, and and everybody else was in his way, kind of, except for Malcolm and I forget uh, I forget the other guy's name now, uh, Alexander or something, the young kid. I don't remember his wife's name in the movie either. I don't know any of their names, to be honest. Uh, I, I remember, I don't remember those saying any of them. Well, Alexander, I remember because he was the son of, and, and there was this dynamic though within the tribe that really got me, like being a father and having a son, and and seeing how the son was interacting with the father. It it was very realistic. It was very. Like, the son was disappointed that his dad just wasn't getting what he was trying to point. Like, his son supposedly knew everything at this age, you know, and he said dad actually knew everything and was right. And so it was like that same dynamic maybe that I have with my father at that age. Like, you know, I don't really want to do it your way. I think my way is right. But it's totally wrong. My dad was always right, you know. And so there was this dynamic there that even made me more attached to them to them because I saw that dynamic more so than the humans. So I feel like the the ape interaction within the its own people were more genuine and more developed than the humans. Because, like, the humans, you saw them a little bit, and you, you, you could kind of feel their pain because they lost loved ones, and, and you could kind of see the d- dynamic between Alex and Malcolm, but it wasn't the same. Does that make sense? It was like... Uh, the monkeys, it's like they spent more time for you to in, to like the monkeys. Now, my, I did like how it did have that Roman flair. The son betrays the father, didn't realize he didn't really meet, want to betray the father. Like, he was tricked. He didn't, like, I'm not, I, I, he, he was already going to go along with Koba anyway, but Koba needed to do something to push it, and that's when he faked Caesar's death. So there was that Roman kind of, even at the end when he's, everyone's bowing to him, it just reminded me of this great leader or king or, or emperor. It was, just, it was just a phenomenal movie for a bunch of animated monkeys. You know what I'm saying? Like I shouldn't be saying Maurice was this great character because Maurice wasn't a character necessarily. He was animated, but to me, he was just as real as the guy who played Malcolm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm done rambling. 
there's just there's so much to point out. Um, but they just they, they did such a great job. I mean, Matt, you know, I was a little disappointed at first when I heard that the original director of Rise wasn't coming back, and they had shifted gears, and Matt Reeves was coming on because uh, all I really knew Matt Reeves had done was Cloverfield, which I like Cloverfield, but Cloverfield was you know shot in the found footage style, so. I'm always curious to see when a director's a found footage style, what do they do when it comes to a regular movie, which is kind of the same thing with the Fantastic Four reboot. I was just talking to Pat about this earlier. Yeah. How, you know, how, you know, the director of the Fantastic Four reboot is Josh Trank, who all I know him from is Chronicle, which Chronicle is the exact same thing. It's all found footage. So how is he going to handle, you know, Fantastic Four? Um, but Matt Reeves did an amazing job. I mean, and the studio loved what he did. I mean, they actually signed him to come on and do the third movie months ago. I mean, you know, the movie just came out a couple of days ago, and he's been signed for several months to come back and do the third film. So, so I'm that, glad that just shows you, yeah, that the studio has that much faith in him, and they really liked what he did with the franchise that they locked him in. And so uh, I'm looking forward to the next chapter and. Um, I just think they really knocked it out of the park here. I mean, one thing that really needs to be pointed out is, I mean, we we throw around the term CGI a lot, and what is done in this movie isn't pure CGI. I mean, this is motion capture. You know, Andy Serkis and, you know, Toby Kebble and even Judy Greer is in this movie. She actually plays Caesar's wife. Um, they are actors on a set in person wearing a mocap suit they are walking around like monkeys they are doing the dialogue they are doing all the facial expressions everything is being handled by real actors and then the digital effects team goes in and animates on top of it so when you see caesar look at the camera and raise an eyebrow and <laughs> and snarl and you know like you know like that is all Andy Circus you know the way when he reaches out and he shakes somebody's hand that's Andy Circus you know i mean it's not a typical cgi where like you were talking about earlier pat where it's just like an actor and a green screen and then later on something gets put there like a dragon you know yeah, yeah. like like this is this is motion capture this is an actor walking around on set you know, it's really cool if you actually watch on Rise of the Planet of the Apes, if you watch the making of it, there's a great, um, you know, effects section on that Blu-ray that shows Andy Serkis, you know, in the mocap suit doing all of those scenes, you know, and then it shows you like the side-by-side of him doing the facial expressions and moving his lips and moving his nose and moving his eyebrows and then seeing it animated on top of it. And you see the side-by-side of how, I mean, that is Andy Serkis. He is doing everything there. And there's early buzz and early word that Andy Serkis might actually get an Oscar nomination for this film. And I think it's well-deserved because Caesar is the leading actor in this movie, Yeah, you know, and, 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 the studio or or the the officials at the academy can try to say, oh, it's an animated character, but there's a person there. There's a person there that's doing all of the acting and doing everything on camera. It's just you know getting digitized. I mean, it, it, to me, it's it's almost exactly the same as Robert England, you know, getting made up to be Freddy Krueger. Right. Yeah, you know, that's, I mean, that's very it fair. It doesn't look like 
Robert England, you know, he puts a mask on and he puts makeup on and he becomes a different character. Well, that's Andy Serkis is putting on his outfit, you know, which is a digital yeah. monkey suit, yeah. you know, um, in the end result, that's still him. That's still his expressions. That's still his movements. It's still his everything. So why should he not be honored for that? And that's probably it's probably why they didn't keep Christopher Gordon as Koba either because if if I remember Christopher Gordon was even on some of the X Men movies and things he was he's just a stunt man he's just yeah. a stunt actor and he's not really an actor does that make sense and they needed someone maybe that could act because like the, like you said the facials I mean that's just it too it's like I don't know how to explain it like there's there you can see the pain like Sean was saying you can sometimes see the pain in Caesar's eyes or the mm-hmm. frustration in Koba's face or you know and there really is acting there i mean it's oh, not oh. just how great the it's not just as great the artists they were great artists the monkeys look real but you know what i'm saying it was like you could see the anguish you could see the, the like there was like a person there you know well just think back to the scene of Koba telling Caesar you know like humans 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 yeah. like pointing to all the scars on his body like that was oh, awesome, yeah. fucking intense you know the yeah. power like, you know he's like he's like you're showing all this love for them but look look what i got <laughs> you know this is what humans did humans like human humans, work humans. human yeah, work yeah because yeah. yeah, he, he said they're just doing humans work that's right that was a yeah. powerful scene oh yeah yeah i'll show you human work you know every yeah. single mark on my body that they did to me when they tortured me but how cool was koba oh man one of my favorite scenes was him acting like the stupid dumb monkey with oh. those guys with the armor oh my god like, i wish awesome. i didn't see that in the trailer man i know i know but man him clapping and sticking his tongue out all you know and then yeah. like, and rolling and rolling yeah. around and then he's sitting down with them and drinking the bottle of alcohol and he's like oh he's a stupid monkey with the gun look at me brat and then he just yeah. kills him straight up like and his face changes like that oh so good uh, uh, just one of my favorite scenes yeah i definitely spoiled a little bit by the uh by the trailer but man what a what a great great scene of how he tricks you know the humans you know you think stupid ape but it was actually the ape that outsmarted the humans yeah and, yeah. and, and another scene that that i remembered a lot and when i saw it in the theater i'm like and i literally leaned over to my to, to my fiance and i said this is such a good scene but it was when uh he had uh taken over the tank and the shot was um, you know, the tank's perspective and you saw, you know, the front of the barrel and the tank was slowly spinning and moving forward. So you get to see, I, I don't know, it was just so interesting. You get to see like the whole battle in like a 360 perspective slowly and it, like the, the yeah. you know, sound is like, it, it's almost silent at that moment. And then, you know, it's going forward. I'm like, what are they going to do? Is he going to flip a switch and blow a hole in the wall? And then it just, it just, it just, it just, it just shows like that was pretty much the beginning of the end for the for the humans in that in that area and it, it was that, that oh man that that scene is just it's so memorable like i i, I picture it like frame by frame right now in my head and it's ah oh, i loved it well I, I mean one of the criticisms and don was talking about it too was was that one of the criticisms people were talking about was they made the humans feel and seem stupider than the monkeys but what people aren't remembering is that gas made their brains keep developing I think they even developed past our intelligence at some point because if you remember what was it Caesar could do I forget the name of that test we stacks all those circles and he did it like and then Koba did it in like fifteen seconds, seconds. Yeah. so I think they would be smarter than us at some point especially ten years later if their brains keeps generating and keeps becoming you know 
more advanced. Well, well, see, that's that's how I was kind of thinking of it. Like, I mean, if you look in terms of society, it's like, you know, the human society, like, we're all, like, separate. You know, they, you two people don't really talk to each other by walking next to each other. But if you look like a society, like, I don't know, like, insects, like ants, like, they're all working together for the, you know, for the greater purpose. Everyone is helping each other. So that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, maybe, you know, this virus has kind of evolved them to all work together and all be, like, one united pact but like i said koba's actions kind of kind of debunked that theory of mine well i I think koba's actions almost more than any of the human actions made the most sense to me i can understand why he hated them and i can understand why he didn't trust them and he thought caesar was weak because of it i mean don't don't you think so don or oh yeah totally but it seemed kind of selfish like he was doing it I don't know. Was he doing it because he felt that humans, once they got, once they got energy, once they got power, they would then do what you know? They would yeah, then. That's what. Or, he, or did he just do it just for revenge? You know, yeah, I, I didn't know. Koba explained it though. He said in the movie that you know, once you know they got the power, they would be they would be more powerful. They would be more unstoppable. And especially once he noticed the armory. You know, he was like, we're screwed. He's like, once yeah. they get everything up and running, they're going to come up here and they're going to take our land. They're going to take it, take us down. And and he was worried about that. He was really worried about the outcome of everything. And he felt that Caesar was too blinded for, by his love for the humans. And, and and he had every reason to believe that because the one human they ran into in the first, first time in 10 years shot one of them, right? Yeah. So, I mean, and, and now they have all these guns. Go. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think, I think you're right in one way. I think... The, for Koba, it was a little bit revenge. I mean, that's why he took it so far. But mostly, I think it was the ends justified the means. Even killing Ash and throwing him off the balcony, he figured in the end it would all sort itself out. The, the, it's once the apes were on top, it wouldn't matter what happened to get up there. And what it's a parody of how humans think, dictators think, even all the way back to Rome, uh, the ends always justify the means, right? I mean, Castro took over... Uh, uh, you know, Cuba, he was this great guy, but he did all these horrible things to get there. And then when he took over, he took over everybody, right? And he changed the way he was because the ends justified the means in his mind. And I think Koba was that way too. He thought Caesar was now weak and loved the humans too much. To He was going to let them basically walk over them. And he someone needed to step up and be that leader. And that's how Koba thought. I, again, I don't think he betrayed Caesar just to betray Caesar. I don't think it was an easy choice for Koba. I think you could see him struggling with it up to that point. Even when they're having arguments, you could see Koba going, "You're you're not getting it," you know. And so, because Koba showed respect to him all the way up to the end when he decided, "I got to do something, or we're going to get wiped out." And I think Don said it right where he found that armory. I think that was the breaking point for Koba. Hundred percent. Uh, so let's talk negatives. Uh, for me, I don't really have any. I don't think. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, really kind of think in my head. But you know what? Like, from what I expected this movie to do and what it gave me and the storyline and and everything, there's not really there's not really anything else I can say negatively. Um, 
you know, from from a personal standpoint, I wish James Franco's character was still around. Yeah, uh, I, I hate that he had to be one of the deaths <laughs> from the flu. Um, you know, that kind of sucks because I, I would have loved to have seen him come back, even if it wasn't this movie, maybe come back in the next film and, and you know, kind of have that moment with Caesar again. Well, um, did, did he die or did they, did they just not explain it? I'm pretty sure he's dead. I'm pretty sure he died from the flu. That's why the house was all busted. And, and I read that if you look at a picture of the house from a steel clip uh, uh, pick from the movie um, the house has an X on the door which all the houses that were infected had an X marked on the door oh, yeah. uh, you know and so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's just he's gone um, you know hey maybe down the road <laughs> they, they might bring him back and they, yeah him and Koba they're hanging out together yeah I mean it was never official. <laughs> You know, it was never officially announced that James Franco's character was dead, but you kind of just assume that. And and I feel like they moved on in in a different direction. But um, you know, for so like I said, from a personal standpoint, I would have liked to have seen his character kind of come back and and kind of almost be in place of the Jason Clark character. But um, you know, but that's just being you know super nitpicky on it. Uh, other than that, I, I mean. I don't, I don't really have any negatives on this film. I absolutely loved it. So, Sean, what do you, do you anything stand out for you that you didn't like or that you I mean, done better? I mean, just like you, man, it, it's it, there's really hardly anything I can really pick with this movie. I mean, like you said, it, it would have been nice to kind of see Franco and maybe a, a role kind of like Will Smith in I Am Legend where he feels responsible for creating this and his life purpose is to... I mean, at this point, there's really no reason to look for a cure because everyone who's alive has their own is immune to it anyway yeah but it, it, it would just been kind of interesting to to maybe see that um i i thought and you know pat you you mentioned his name earlier i know him as alvarez from the the tv show oz but the uh the hispanic guy that shot ash in the beginning of the movie kirk kirk Savito, i think's his name yeah i i when i saw that they were bringing him along to go meet with caesar uh, after caesar had demonstrated his strength by coming to the city i'm like out of any person that you want to bring with you why are you picking this guy like he already demonstrated how much he does not like them he doesn't respect them they're just animals he he shot him he shot the one without even thinking like he is that loose cannon and unless gary oldman would have ordered it or made or, or they would have Maybe, I don't know, just tell me why you're bringing him along. I just don't know why they brought him along. You know, this was something that I know me yeah. and Pat talked about actually right after the movie got out. Yeah. We were talking about it with my brother-in-law. Um, and that was something that we were arguing about, too, because we're like, yeah, like, the, it, when they first said he was coming along, they made it sound like he was, like, the technician of the dam you know pivotal. Like, he, like he was very pivotal pivotal to the mission you know like they needed him to get the dam up and running you know but then they didn't do anything with him like they got, he, he they did got, nothing they got trapped. <laughs> yeah they got they blew the hole in the dam they got trapped in the rocks you know the apes came and saved them and then he was still an asshole he brought the gun then they put him in the truck and they said don't move stay there and, and then, they flipped the switch and it was and on. Then, and then know? he didn't do anything, yeah. So it was like, on one point, they tried to almost make it sound like he had to come along because, like, he was the only one that had that experience with the dam, you yeah. know? But from the way that they filmed it and the way everything came across on screen, it looked like he didn't do a goddamn thing. 
<laughs> so and he was just useless. And like it was said, a plot it, device. Just like, why would you bring the one guy that's already pissed off Caesar? So it's like, it just exactly. makes no fucking, you know, it just made no sense at all uh, from that aspect of why why would you do that? And, and, and it's just and, like stupid humans, man. Like that's what pissed me off was yeah. Caesar was cool enough to let them come onto their land, work on that dam. He had one damn stipulation, which was no guns, and that motherfucker had to go and screw it up. And, and it was such a nice moment, you know, where the uh, Caesars, the youngest son, was with them, and even Blue Eyes was kind of smiling, like, ah, oh, you know, these guys aren't so bad, and, like, messes it up. And then that's when Caesars like, y'all gotta go now. Um, and, and so, I, again, he was pointless, but at the same time, he was right. He had said, as soon as they got back to the camp... You know, we got to do something. They're just going to follow us and attack us. And then they're like, no, no, nothing like that's going to happen. But that's exactly what happened. You know, Koba's, you know, crew came back, you know, found the armory, took over, and that was pretty much a wrap. And, and, and another, and this, and that was another, it's not really beef I have with the movie, but I liked it and, and I didn't like it because I'll tell you in a minute, but when Koba attacked the, the, um, the, the 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 fortified place that they were at, um, it it just seemed really brainless and it it's it, like it was very um I would say you know like kind of like a Roman type of attack where you just have one row of people and you're running straight and eventually you know those in the back will get to the front and then they'll finally take over like. Uh, I, it, you know, if Caesar was a, you know, like that scene in the first movie on the bridge, Caesar, you know, he had such an awesome plan. He's like, all right, well, you guys go to the bottom, you guys go to the top, we'll go to the straight, you know, and then at the end, you know, we'll all come together. And, you know, that I would just have liked to see like a better plan, like a better executed plan. But again, since Caesar wasn't the one executing the plan, I'm sure that's why it was such a chaotic, um, you know, a chaotic attack. But it, it eventually worked. So, you know, that's. That was a great. Chaotic, a chaotic attack made sense for somebody like Koba. Like Koba, right? You know, like yeah, like that's why he wasn't the leader. You know, Caesar thought things through. He knew uh, he knew how to interact with the humans. He knew how to address them and talk to them. And you know, Koba was just like he was all about action. You know, yeah. so like that would be his motive is just all right. Here's the game plan. We're just rushing the motherfucking city and we're going crazy. Like, yeah. let's go, you know, and that was what Caesar was trying to avoid because Caesar said, you know, if we start a war, you know, how many apes are going to die in the process, you know, and that's exactly what they focused on when they first started running in. It was just like, boom, apes dying everywhere, you know, yeah. and and they were proving that Caesar was right. Like, you can't exactly. just like do that. Well, it was it's also a parallel in, in Roman history. I mean, Pompey was more like uh, uh um, Koba and Caesar was more like Caesar. So Pompey was a horrible strate- strategist. He just sent everybody in, wave in to die. Caesar had everything he needed set up when he went into a battle to where he, they were always surrounded. They always had their flanks taken. And it, and it kind of had that parallel historically too. So I think I think you, did you hear all that? I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. I did. Yeah, you cut out for a second. So there, I think that that parallel was there for a reason. I think Don is correct in a way to saying that Koba felt like Pompey, where all his men were disposable as long as he took what he needed for power to get back in. Where Caesar felt, I need these men to keep, or these apes, to keep fighting. 
And so his his approach would have been more like the bridge. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, like I said, I mean that that was something you know I, I would have liked to see a, a you know well executed attack, but at the same time, since Koba was leading, it made perfect sense. Um, and you know, uh, and I'm trying to think of things I didn't like about the movie, but. Um, I, I guess the only other thing I got a little frustrated with was when um, I can't remember the, the actor's name. You said it was Jason, the the main human. Yeah, um, Malcolm. When yeah, when he went to uh, basically tell Gary Oldman, "Hey, you probably shouldn't blow up this place." I don't know. He, he could have probably brought that up to him a little bit better than you know pulling a gun on him and then just be like the apes. The apes are great and they're they're awesome and they're going to stop this. And it's like you sound like. You're freaking insane! Like, yeah. like that. I totally agree with you. That was that was a beef. Yeah. That I brought up yeah. to Pat and them after we watched the movie. I said, I said, why didn't he just tell them what's up? They're <laughs> you know? too, right? They started yeah. this thing together. Like he was totally cool with Gary Oldman's character. So I'm like, if I was in that boat, I would have pulled him aside and I would said, listen, man, I spent fucking the last two days with these apes. They don't mean us any fucking harm, you know, like, but one of them is, is gone crazy. And that's the dude that's, you know, starting all this drama, but the real ape, you know, that's in charge is here with me. We're working on a plan and this is what's going to go down. You know, like, I, I don't know. I felt like explaining that story would have gone over so much better than, yeah, than just <laughs> grabbing the guy's gun and being like, Hey guys, you all need to listen to me. This is what's going down. And then it just, yeah, it did make him look a little crazy. And of course, once you get a gun pulled on you, no one's listening. No one cares nope. like what the fuck the point is that you're trying to get across. It was just like, okay, now you're brainwashed by the apes and we're going to have to kill you too. Yeah, it was, it was a weird scene. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, yeah. So, I mean, and it, at the end, it didn't really work out too well for, well, he he came out alive. Nobody else did, so whatever. But yeah, man, like you know, the, it uh, it was an awesome movie. Uh, I I really I can't think of really anything else I, I would like to gripe about the movie. It was you know, Pat. You, do you have anything? I just I mean, really, first of all, start off said I love the movie. But if I was gonna nitpick, if I was gonna say the things that 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 I kind of caught that same scene you're talking about, they made it sound like the explosions were gonna make this big effect. And I get it that you know I was talking to the other Pat that was there, your brother-in-law. That I mean they didn't have a lot of time to set him up either, but it didn't have any effect. It didn't seem like it did much because of a little chaos. So I felt like Gary Oldman kind of killed himself for no reason. I kind of hated that. I mean I get that it's probably plausible. Like Gary thought he was gonna do this huge thing, you know. Um, I think his name was Dreyfus or something in the movie. But anyway, he, you know, it didn't. And so I kind of felt like they just kind of wasted his character because I, I kind of didn't hate him, you know. I didn't want to see him die. So that kind of bothered me. I had a problem, not that it mattered in movies like this, but I was telling Don, I had a problem figuring out what day they were on and what, how many days were passed and how long was Caesar healing and where would the battle was. And maybe I'm just dumb, I don't know, but I couldn't. It was hard for me to figure out how the time was flowing in that that moment. Does that make sense? Um, there, I don't know if there's any way to fix that, though, because, like, me and Don were talking about, I don't really want to see two hours later, two hours before. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to see that either. So Four it, it was just, two hours later. Yeah, exactly. Like, I need a... <laughs> that, was, that was what I felt like Pat was going for at the end. It was like, why didn't they tell me every time? <laughs> yeah, what's ago, going on? You know, I, I just I had a hard time understanding. Was it a day that, they they were healing? It all took place over three days, basically. So yeah, that, that, I don't that's know. all you needed to know. 
It, it didn't affect the movie at all, though. I mean, again, none of these things really affected the movie for me. I, I, I'm a, I, I believe this is one of my favorite movies now this year. It's in my top four now, um, and uh, pretty tight at the top. I really liked it. I, I want to see it again. And this is one of the movies we didn't see in 3D or IMAX. We just saw it normal, and it still had that kind of impact on me. Uh, I think for for a, for a long time, not too many movies have actually pulled me into a character like this and for even caesar's caesar i don't know i mean i'm really attached to him and there's a scene where they i thought they killed him and i'm like they couldn't have killed him there's no way they could have killed him i was so attached to him that if they would have killed him i would have probably been done watching this the 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 movies you know same with maurice i didn't want maurice to be dead either and, and they didn't kill him which was good um but no i mean other than that i mean the I think the the biggest problems that I had were were already covered by you two. I I, I think that uh, the the radio guy remember he had like a radio and he moved it around and he took it with him. They made it kind of seem like he needed all that stuff in that room to to do the radio, and then he just kind of brings a computer and a headset down to the bottom and was still trying to communicate with people. It was was that laptop charged? I don't know. I did like I did like the detail of everything. There was like water systems in the rooms and stuff. But I didn't like the fact that when the monkeys took over everything, it, the sets looked different to me at that point. Like I don't know. It seemed like the they, the insides looked worse than they were. I don't know if it's because the time has passed and the war happened. So. Other than that, though, I, I don't really have much gripes. I mean, the movie was fantastic. I mean, even the people I needed to hate, I didn't like. And and the people I did like, I liked. So all the actors did a good job. And I don't know. I don't have much to say other than it's already an hour and three minutes and I don't need to go on anymore. Because <laughs> I love the movie. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. So all three of us loved it. Um, I don't know if I liked it more than the first film. Uh, I was telling Pat earlier, I think I think I need to see it again to really figure that out i've seen rise a dozen times and i actually just rewatched it a couple of days before we saw dawn yeah uh, just to kind of make it fresh in my mind plus my other brother-in-law had never seen the movie either so he was interested in seeing it so he came over and we watched rise together and it just that reminded me you know of how good of a movie that was yeah <clears throat> and so going into dawn <clears throat> i was like I don't know, <laughs> you know, like, like, you know, I knew it was going to be good. Dawn is getting some of the best reviews of any big blockbuster movie this summer. I mean, you know, when you look at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got uh, a 92% critic rating and a 95% fan rating. It's got like a, a nine something on IMDb out of 10. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's a widely loved film. I mean, everybody really likes this film and, um, so I, I loved it too. I don't know if I liked it more than Rise. Rise holds such a special place in my heart. I like, I love seeing Caesar as a baby and growing up and going yeah. through all the transitions. Um, uh, but it's hard to not love, you know, <clears throat> warrior Caesar and, and leader Caesar in this film too. So, you know, I, I just think I need to see it a couple more times to really make that final call. If it's, you know, which one's the better film. But this is good. I mean, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was a five-star movie for me, and Dawn is another five-star movie for me. So they're two for two for me uh, in this series of, of doing five out of five films. So 
Uh, my hat is off to them for producing something really, really great. Um, it had an awesome box office opening weekend. The studio was predicting about a $60 million opening, and it actually did 73 So really big opening here in the States for Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. So I'm very happy for its success. I know word of mouth has been super positive, so that's helping keeping it going. I, I'm pretty sure it'll probably be number one again this weekend. Uh, there's, there's three big movies coming out, but I don't think any of them will, will touch um, what Dawn's going to do because of the um, word of mouth and everything. So five out of five for me. Um, Sean, any last words on Dawn? What, was your, what would be your rating? Um, I mean, you know, last words, uh, you know, as, as far as prequels go, you know, I, yeah, w- with this whole franchise, you know, that prequels to me, they don't really blow my mind. You know, you have Star Wars prequels, you have the, I don't know, I guess you want to consider like the Scorpion King a prequel, you know, the, the generally for, for me, prequels don't blow me away the way that these two movies have. And I mean, it, it's it, even, you know, when, when, um, uh, Koba threw Ash over the, the the side. It just made me think of uh, Kill Bill. You know when uh, Lucy Liu was like, "Now, do any of y'all son of a bitches have anything else you want to say?" You know, is ah, it was. There's so many good things about this movie, um, it, but I'm, I'm I'm right there with you. I, can I say that I like it better than the first? I I, I don't think so. The first movie, it, it just it. I don't know. It, it just did so much for me. It, it, the the story, the 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 look that Caesar would have when he was angry, like when Caesar would stare at that guy from the other side of the cage, you knew he was pissed. And that look, yeah. I wish he would have used that look a little bit more in this movie. If he would have looked at Koba like that, I don't think this whole thing would have happened. But I don't know. I'm just kidding. But again, this movie was super great. Um, you know, I, I I I would have to give it a four. Um, terms of you know, it it did give me everything I wanted, but it felt a lot like Avatar, so I kind of at the same time felt like, you know, this is just a, another recycled story. But, uh, yeah. So I, I'm going to give this movie a four. That's Peep's rating. <laughs> uh, you know, talking about Koba and Caesar, I mean, uh, that scene where uh, Koba comes back from the armory and he, he pushes down J- uh, Jason Clark's kid. Yeah, and, and he's like, "Where's Caesar?" You know, all pissed off. And then Caesar comes out, and they get into the fight, and Caesar ends up beating him down. Yeah, I was like, "Damn!" But when he walks around the corner and looks at him, I'm like, yeah. "Oh, snap!" Yeah, he's like, "Where's Caesar?" And Caesar's like, "What up? Who called me?" You know, and and then they just <laughs> yes. get into it, dude. And then at yes. the end, Cobra's like, "Fuck!" And then he does the kneel down with the hand out. You know, you uh, just got knocked the fuck out. He's like, like, "Well, know, he was choking him to death, and he had yeah, to stop, dude." Yeah, Caesar like, had to control Abe, himself. Like, yeah. Great, great, great scene. All right, Pat, summary and uh, your rating. Uh, yeah, ultimately, there was a lot of thought, I think, that went into these characters. I like how the first movie, did, they didn't change them from the first movie. Because like you said, there's different directors. They could've, he could have went in a total different direction, and he didn't. Um, so I like that. I think, I, I think part of me, like I said, still likes the first one better. It's really hard for me to say that, but because I got to see that, um, I got attached to him in that movie, saw him go from innocent to the AP is in this movie, I I think I'm more attached emotionally to him. Like that scene you're talking about, we saw the innocent leave his eyes in that place, and then he, for the first time, when he looks like eye to eye to that guy in the first movie, he has this eeriness, like you're smarter than you're leading on to. And in this movie, you saw him mature, 
that mature role where that innocence has been gone for a long time. So I kind of like that. I like that scene where Maurice and him are talking, and Maurice is kind of like that guidance, you know, that that uh, counselor to him. And it was yeah. like two old friends talking, and like I could relate to that. You know, I could see two old friends talking, and I just related so much with the apes in this movie. I, I couldn't really. I mean, I, honestly, I'm like Dawn. I. I, I didn't relate to the humans as much as maybe I should have because I'm human, <laughs> but it just felt like the humans were there, but the apes stole the show. I think Caesar stole the show. I mean, every scene that's memorable to me really is Caesar, you know, um, and, Co- and I guess Koba. Yeah, go see the movie. That's all I can say. It's it's really worth it. Tell your friends about it. Get it some play. I mean, all the critics liked it, probably because Michael Bay didn't direct it, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I love the movie. I would give it a 5 out of 5 using Don's scale because I don't have a scale. So uh, I don't think it could have been any better. They couldn't have done anything to this movie that made me better, and there was nothing in it that made me go to a 4. I, I, honestly, I don't remember how long it was, but it was over in a flash for me. Yeah, it was With- a little over 2 hours. I think it's 2 hours and 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, so... Awesome. Uh, another great movie here that basically all three of us agree is super, super solid and definitely thumbs up all the way around that you should check out. Five out of five for me, a four out of five for Peeps, and a five out of five for Kiki Pat. So uh, I think that that's enough to tell you you need to go out and see this film, which most of you have probably already seen it if you're listening to this spoiler review. Um, but if not, go see it again. And, uh, you know, we hope you enjoyed the spoiler review. And, um,. I'm sure we'll be doing another one here soon. And uh, so, Geeky Pat, where can we find you online? What's going on with you? Well, you can, of course, find me at Red Dragons Radio. That's where you would find me with This Week with the Geek. So, uh, really, in the end, that's really the only place you have to go. But if you want to check out some of my other stuff, you can go to geekypatbroadcasting.com. And that'll... There you can check out my YouTube page. Um, you can check out all the Red Dragons radio stuff from there too. I have a tab just for that. Um, so yeah, all my news is there and all that. So that would be Geeky Pat at uh, Geeky Pat Broadcasting. I'm sorry at uh, uh, GeekyPatBroadcasting.com. You can get me at uh, Twitter at Geeky Pat uh, backslash Geeky Pat. No, it's at Geeky Pat. Sorry, I'm tired. It's late. Uh, yeah, geeky underscore Pat. Don, that's why I keep you around. Yeah, geeky underscore Pat. And then, of course, you can hit me up at Facebook at backslash geeky Pat. There you go. And the peeps himself, where can we find you? And what's going on with you lately? Hey, you know, well, I got my own show. You know, I, this what we do with this uh, spoiler reviews. It, it's just kind of, I, I love talking. I love doing this uh, back and forth. You know, how we like the movie, what we didn't like about the movie. Um, and I created the People's Forum. You will find the People's Forum also. Wow, Pat, that's that's awesome. I'm also at the RedDragonsRadio.com. Yeah, imagine and, that. Yeah, I know, crazy. And uh, yeah, um, uh, the ep- I have a two-hour episode out right now. It's a uh, part one of three for the history of comic book films. Start back in the day in the se- uh, late seventies, talking about the Superman movie. Um, I've got a friend of mine, Fred. He's a comic book guru. I got a, a friend of mine. Um, I don't know if you guys know him. His name's uh, DX Don Mega. But uh, I, yep, I got him to join me. And yeah, we're talking uh, 
uh, comic book films. We started in the 70s. We uh, Last episode ended in the 2000s, and we just recorded uh, early 2000s up through, I think we're at 2008. So we're almost there. We're The next one, we're going to start with the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Cinematic Universe. It's going to be glorious. Check me out on Twitter, For My Peoples. That's For My P-E-E-P-L-E-S. And get at me, boy. Yeah, I checked the show. It was really good, Sean. You and Don and, and Fred had good chemistry. I, I can't wait to listen to the next one. Oh, yeah. It's, it's good. Awesome. Man. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't take a week to put it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new. Get that shit uploaded. It should be easy for you to do now. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a master at it. <laughs> Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So definitely check out the shows, man. Everything is on reddragonsradio.com. You can listen to This Week with the Geek, with Geeky Pat himself. You can listen to the People's Forum with For My Peoples. And, of course, you can listen to this, this, all of the Am I Still on the Airs. You can listen to my show, Am I on the Air. Uh, It's all on reddragonsradio.com. If you just go there, look down that left tab, and you'll see all the different show links on there. Plus, there's even other podcasts uh, that we're not affiliated with. So um, check everything out over on reddragonsradio.com. You can follow on Twitter at reddragonsradio. Um, Yeah, definitely check out the People's Forum. Awesome, awesome episode we did last week with the, the history of comic book movies, talking about Superman, the Tim Burton Batmans, The Crow, um, you know, we, we, we went through all different kinds, uh, even the Joel Schumacher Batmans. We went through everything all the way up to the 2000 mark. And we just recorded part two earlier tonight. And, uh, it was another two hour jam packed edition talking about the X-Men franchise and talking about, you know, Superman returns and man of steel. And, uh, just, you know, we're all over the place on this one. And, uh, you know, we wrapped up right before launching into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so that'll be part three and the finale of the three-part series that I think was originally intended to be one episode. And oh, one. I knew it was going to be a trilogy the whole time. You'll see. Exactly. You know, it was always intended to be a trilogy, but uh, it's awesome. So it's already, like I said, part one is already up on the site. Part two will be up here in the next day or two. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, once again, uh, am I on the air? Brand new episode just posted last. Last night, it, that episode is called Apes on Horses. Get you up to speed on everything. The spoiler-free review of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, plus uh, the Emmy nominations. And we talk about Thor becoming a woman in the comic books now. And uh, just, you know, Clerks 3, all kinds of the news of the week. So definitely check out the latest Am I on the Air. It's amiontheair.com. You can follow me on Twitter at DXDonMega. And, of course, the show at Am I on the Air. Like us on Facebook over at Am I on the, uh, Facebook.com slash Am I on the air as well? And that will sum up tonight's Am I Still on the Air? Dawn of the Planet of the Apes spoiler review. Thanks so much for tuning in. Keep your eyes posted for the next edition, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Dragon. <laughs>